Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, 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 before we get into this week's case, everyone, first off, welcome to Martinis and Murder, and second off... Happy fucking birthday, John Thrasher. Big day for you, buddy. Woo, the crowd goes wild. That's right. I kind of... Girls' bras are coming off over here, John. That's how crazy it is. Guys, he's gay. Stop it. Dan, your wife is here. Just, there's so much (laughs) happening. uh, And you're not here to enjoy and celebrate. Just don't throw your pantyhoe at me, which is something Matt said in another episode um well because he was like i got my headphone in and we were like headphone <laughs> and then i was like this is like when you said pantyhoe and everyone had forgotten about it the audience yeah. has not forgotten about it though i guarantee yeah hey, john. Hey, yes john. matt yes were you born in 1990 no i was born just a few years before that um close to 1888 1880, 19. Yeah, that's right. You're 198 years old. If you were born 18 years old. <laughs> yes. Um, no, well, thanks, everybody. I kind of forgot that this would drop on my birthday. We're obviously recording this a couple days before my birthday. But yeah, we talked on another shot about what it's like being in a quarantine birthday, which at this point, unless you were born in basically February, most of us have been through it. So that's right. Yeah. So welcome to the club. I know um, it is sort of a club. I agree. And happy birthday, my man. I really love you. And I hope it's a fantastic day given, you know, I know it's been kind of a shitty year all around, but hopefully uh, things are getting better on the up and up and, you know, your birthday can be the start of something great. Thanks. I always feel that way. Yes. And speaking of some things great, we are, as we've mentioned, as we sort of teased the past few weeks, we have a huge announcement coming for you guys. Just a reminder to follow us on social at jthrasher at carpe darren at matt underscore the underscore bartender for more information because that's really what we're where we're going to roll it out hopefully next week we can make an official announcement for you guys and so uh we apologize for kind of um you know we certainly don't want to bury the lead here but we we we, we just we're teasing you we just like a little tease we like like to give a little tease you know we we're we usually you know i've been really thankful and impressed with us because when we tease things we follow through on them so you know, something something interesting is cooking in the background. We'll have. More I think on that we soon. should. I think we should call this episode "Teasing with a Pantyhoe." <laughs> Maybe oh that's Matt's autobiography. That. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Matt likes that one. Okay. Yeah, well, Matt, Darren, Matt likes that one. Yeah. 
Matt will be joining us uh, periodically, it sounds like, throughout this episode. Welcome back to the show, in a sense, Matt. And Darren, why don't you kick us off so we can get right into this week's episode? Let's do it. So on November 5th, 2013, 37-year-old, you're not quite 37 yet, John. Not quite, not quite. 37-year-old Eve Nance <laughs> called 911 in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, to report that her, is is it Fond du Lac, Fond du Lac, Fond du Lac? Yes. Um, Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. Yeah, Matt says yes. I'm going to go with fondue. I'm just going to call it okay, fondue. Okay, yeah, yeah, fondue. In yep. Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, to report that her husband, Tim, was missing. Now, Fond du Lac is a quiet town, about 40,000 people, an hour north of Milwaukee. Now, Tim was described as a very social person who had a ton of friends in Fond du Lac. None of them uh, had heard from him in a long time. So a friend told Snapped, Everybody knew who he was. He had a big smile. He talked a lot, had a million stories to tell. And let me just say that I think I mentioned this on uh, either last week's or the weeks before. My, the town that I grew up in in Montclair, New Jersey, is about 30,000 people. And, okay. you know, I, and I, it's a suburb. It's like almost a little yeah. city, uh, if you will. Now, I wouldn't say it's a quiet town, but being a social <laughs> person, I imagine that if someone who has a few friends in town went missing, you know, the whole town would hear about it fairly quickly. Yeah. It would kind of spread like rapid fire. So yeah. Eve told police she'd last seen Tim on Friday night. But apparently Tim not being home wasn't that unusual. Tim and Eve's daughter Tamika told Snap, quote, when he wanted to do his own thing, he would go do his own thing. We kind of see that a lot in relationships, but Eve said he usually kept in touch while he was away. And let me just bring it back a little bit because Eve Nance was born in Chicago in 1976 and her brother described her as an outgoing kid, definitely an extrovert. Her niece said, quote, she'd always been the one making jokes about everyone. I can sort of relate to this, you know, sounds a little bit like me. You, yeah. I mean, would you say that you're definitely an extrovert? Is that how you would identify yourself? I would I, I would definitely describe myself as outgoing, and I would describe yeah. myself as like an extroverted introvert. That's how I – are we twins? That's how I describe myself. Like I'm certainly not an introverted extrovert. Like if you mm-hmm. get me out, I'm, not, I'm an outgoing person. But I do kind of like <laughs> being home a lot um, in my own little world. But what you just said is such a great example because I – that's exactly how I look at myself. Like once I'm out – and you, you and Matt can attest to this. Once I'm out and had a couple drinks – I tend to be a oh, lot you're of fun. Out. Yeah, and I'm out and having fun, but I don't really I it's hard for me to get to that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I totally understand. I've only seen it once. <laughs> I've seen I it mean, once. I don't know if it's only been once. We've all been South, South by Southwest, here's what you're talking about. Oh yep. god, yeah. John I really turned up. The yeah. wife of the party. <laughs> cradling a bottle of wine all night cradling a <laughs> anyway, bottle of wine anyway back anyway so it was hilarious no i just have to say he was a comedian <laughs> he was oh man uh, by the way i have lots of really good video of matt from oh no that was boston no, matt to see that. yeah why don't we um dig that no. up and show everybody <laughs> some anyway darren back to the show here when Matt, when I got so mad at Matt in our Boston show and he met me for the cab ride and I was like, and he, like I met him outside and he was just shaking, I was just shaking his head, like shaking my head at him because he knew that he fucked up that badly. You mean that Listen, time? That, that's one of the, I think many videos that I have. Let's just put it this way. There will be a time and a place, hopefully in the future, where we can talk we about can these videos. S- <laughs> say everything that happened all at once. In fact, the right. videos that I know that you're talking about, it, it's, yeah. 
It's too fucking good. Okay, so <laughs> let, let me get back to the case. There yes, will be a time and place that. Yeah. that we can actually uh, say these. So Eve met Tim in 1992 at a party when she was 16 years old, and the two hit it off. And like Eve, Tim was pretty outgoing as well. His friends described him as, a, as charismatic, said he was a jokester who made everybody feel comfortable. And within Ooh. six months, the teens moved out of their parents' houses and got an apartment together. Now, this is sounding a little bit like the Claire Dale thing on The Bachelor that I explained to you on another <laughs> shot. Right. If yes. you don't know what I'm talking about, I went on a literally a 45-minute Bachelor rant to John on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Listen in if you want to. Just listen yeah. everyone caution. So There you go. They were struggling to support themselves, but Eve became pregnant, and they decided to get married, start a family. Eve said, quote, it was more of a shock than a surprise. They were 16 years old, and they had to explain this to both of their families. Yeah. So, all right, okay. Tim's friend said, yeah. quote, he was very happy. He knew she was someone he wanted to marry. He loved her very much. Fast forward a couple of years, and Eve's brother said, quote, they weren't doing the normal stuff 17 or 8-year-old kids were doing. They were paying bills, buying diapers. This was going to be their life. They were going to have a baby. They were going to be parents, and there's no changing that. And I, at 32, you know, 15 years <laughs> older than these 17 or 18-year-old kids, like, yeah. It's uh, not that you can't do it. Obviously, we see plenty yeah. of parents, especially mothers, doing this at way younger age than 32. But to me, it's so mm -hmm. daunting even now when I can afford my own bills. Right. You know, it, it is expensive. Well, listen, as a 35-year-old as of today, I can agree with you. Um, but let's turn to the resident uh, parent of the group, Matt, the bartender. Matt, at 16, 17, or 18, can you imagine doing, like, homeschooling of your children like you're doing right now? Fuck no. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, you know, I have to say my brothers all got married very, very young. And they mm. did kind of this sort of thing, but mm. maybe not quite at 16, but almost... Yeah. And it's tough. And, you know, like I can bar barely do it now. And I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> well, that's so the reason, true. my dear, you're a senior citizen. But that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I know people in my family who had kids very early as well. And it's, it's a tough, tough gig. But if you get the right support system, I think that's where, you know, it can really make a big difference. That's huge. And, and I think the time it comes out, you know, there is a time period where I do feel like you need to be mm -hmm. a kid. Um, oh, for you sure. Know, and, and, oh that, and that comes with, you know, privileged, obviously, in a lot of places. You know, some younger kids have to yes. work. But I do think all else being equal, there is a, right. there is an appropriate time where kids should just be kids, have parents handle, you know, all the, yeah. all, all the hardships, all the bills and everything like that. And at 17 or 18, you don't really have the capacity – to, you're a kid, yeah. Uh, you're still a kid, right, exactly. So yeah. it's kind of hard to transition to a full-blown adult then, I imagine. <laughs> right. That's a great way to put it. But well, I will say oh, this, though. You can, you can do it. Like, I feel like if there are young people out there having babies. Like, totally. You know, you just rise to the occasion. Whenever you yeah. have a kid, if it's 17 or 37. 37, yeah. Or 77, as in my case. You can, <laughs> you, you rise to the occasion because you right. have to do that. Yeah. I mean, right. I know of some course. of my, 
some of my closest friends have had kids and, you know, of course they're super scared and at different parts in their lives. And yeah, Matt makes such a great point. Take a drink that you really do have, you have no other choice. So it just comes naturally in some ways. Um, well, let's get back to this case because in August of 1994, when Eve was nine months pregnant, Tim heard Eve yelling outside of their apartment. She was being assaulted by someone. He ran outside with his pistol and while threatening the guy, he shot him in the foot Despite the fact that he'd been trying to protect Eve and their unborn child, the police placed Tim under arrest, and the trauma of seeing him hauled off in handcuffs was enough to send Eve into labor. I mean, oh that's a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, thank God yeah. she's nine months pregnant, but, like, the I stress. Oh my, oh, my God. Well, Tim went to jail the day Tamika was born and spent nearly a year there. Tamika told Snap, quote, We would make really long trips to go see him and stuff, and, like, she would still have him in my life regardless, end quote. When Tim got out in 1995, 1995, uh, he and Nance <laughs> wasted no time picking right back up where they had left off. Eve's brother said, quote, The day he got released from jail, on the way home from picking him up, they stopped at the courthouse and got married, end quote. Wasting wow. no time. Yeah. No time there. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, you have to think about the rights and, and all that type of stuff that they were probably dealing with while he was in jail. That probably forced their hand in some ways as well. But anyway. That's actually a really good point. Take a drink. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Well. There's, a, there's a lot we, we're not seeing here, I bet. Yeah. A few years later, they moved to um, Fondue Land, which is what I'm calling it, uh, Wisconsin, Fondue Lock, uh, because Eve wanted to raise Tamika in a safe environment. Eve's little sister followed, and Tamika said, quote, My aunt was pretty much like my second mom, so she would always be there for me, me and my cousin. We were pretty much raised as like sisters, end quote. Uh, Fondue Land was safer and more affordable than Chicago, but Tim had problems finding steady work because of his felony, which... I could go into this. That's like a whole other podcast. How felons who rehabilitate Please, don't get, get me out started of jail on this. Don't can't get me even get on jobs. This, John. It's like, what are we doing to these? Don't people? even get me started on the criminal yeah. justice system, John. Because I know. they make it. They make it so you have you're fucked going in. No matter and you're what you fucked do, coming yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. No matter what. Well, Eve landed a job as a caregiver for people with mental disabilities and at an assisted living facility. She worked hard and became the family breadwinner, but they still struggled financially just on one salary. While Tim stayed home with Tamika, and having wanted to be a chef when he was younger, Tim loved cooking and would often have dinner on the table. Sounds like he's like a, you know, a house husband in a sense, which you don't really hear too much of, sadly. Well, Tamika said, quote, my mom worked a lot and my dad tried and they kind of just made the best of it, end quote. So this isn't, this is a very kind of, it sounds like blue collar, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps type of scenario here, in my opinion. Well, listen, it's hard, as I said, it's hard to raise a kid anyway, right? No matter what financial, yeah. you could be the richest person ever, or you could be the poorest person ever. It's tough. Obviously finances help clearly, but when you're 17, mm-hmm. 18, you know, not a lot of 17, 18 year olds are making a lot of money at their job, you know, maybe now totally, with yeah. the influencers and everything, but certainly even <laughs> even five years ago, I mean, 17, 18 year olds usually make minimum wage-ish jobs because that's the skilled labor that you're capable of at that point. Capable you know, you kind of, yeah, of totally. right. It's not, it's, 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 it has nothing to do with the fact that like, you're not worth it. It's just, you have to kind of like earn your, your stripes at your job to be a better employee, you know? So it, yeah. it's hard in and of itself. No one graduates high school, by the way, and then is a vice president 
president of a company. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. they're not, they don't know those skills yet. And right. Tamika's cousin, Justice, said that Tim babysat her pretty much every day when her mom, Eve's sister, was working. But after dinner and on weekends, Tim would often go out. He missed Chicago, living in a big city, so he would go to Milwaukee to party about an hour away. Tamika said her dad would go play pool, be a social person, see what was out there, talk to people. Remember, these are very outgoing, gregarious mm-hmm. people. And listen, if quarantine has taught us anything, it's that human <laughs> contact, even for maybe the most shy, is still important. For sure. But on November 13th, 2013, he never came back. He hadn't answered his phone either, which was pretty unusual. Eve informed the police that Tim had hustled to help the family selling drugs. But she also said that at some point he began to use more than he sold. And Mm. Tim had women on the side too. So we can kind of see where this is going now. Now, Tamika said, quote, he wasn't 100% about me and my mom. He kind of like led a double life. And, you know, we see this a lot with people who have addiction, who have issues, maybe who are um, in marriages that they don't want to be in when there's a lot of responsibility one way. They kind of leave this double life as an outlet. And, you know, the cheating started out as a little sneaking around, but became more blatant over time. Sometimes he'd stay with a girlfriend for a few days or even a week before coming back home again. Not a fan of this when you have children. I'm not a fan of this. No, no. When Eve's brother asked her how she could stay in the relationship, she told him she'd rather have some of his time than none of it at all, which is a fair thing to say. You know, like, I don't, I think a lot of people look at that and be like, oh, this or that. But listen, like, everyone has their own definitions of what's good for them. And let's not judge that right now with what we know. So Tamika said her mom had been very committed to the marriage, to the ups and downs, but they fought because Eve thought Tim wasn't supportive enough of the family. Eve had gone from supporting the family by herself to mm. also now supporting Tim's drug habit, which I imagine was expensive. Well, yeah, and also, like, think about the guilt you must feel as the mother, you know, having to s- sort of do this with your child's, you know, father. That's, not, that's a very uncomfortable place to be in. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
Yeah, the night of the disappearance, Tim and Eve had gotten into an argument, and Eve had figured he'd gone off to Milwaukee to cool down for a few days. She told police he'd had a relapse using drugs, but a friend of Tim's contradicted Eve, saying, quote, He at one point dealt a little weed. He wasn't a hardcore heroin dealer. He went to Milwaukee on a drug binge, is what she said, but he didn't do drugs like that, so that wasn't true, end quote. Now, this is interesting, because unless Tim's friend was there, how can he simply say that it wasn't true? You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So something's not adding up in a lot of ways. That's that's weird to me. So friends also told investigators that Eve was controlling and had pushed him away. Quote, she always degraded him, end quote, said Tim's friend Tasha, saying again, quote, and she used to say little things like to make herself feel like she was a better person, end quote. Investigators mm. pinged Tim's cell and discovered there had been no activity Justice, who is Tim's niece, said she and her sisters made missing posters with Eve and walked around asking if anyone had seen him. Two weeks into the investigation, police put out a press release asking for the public to help. They'd also spoken with a woman named Deborah Hilt, who was Tim's girlfriend. She told police that Tim spent all of his time with her and that his relationship with Eve was just a marriage of convenience. But Eve hadn't received that memo. Tim was the only man she'd ever loved, and she'd been desperate to save their marriage. Tim's friend Benjamin described an incident where Eve had driven over to Deborah's house and demanded that Tim come outside. Benjamin said he received a call from Eve who told him to come get Tim out of Deborah's place or she was going to do something she was going to regret. And there's just so many... Now we're in quite a cluster here of friends and girlfriends and now the husband's ever at the girlfriend's house and you got to get him outside. So it sounds like there's a lot of emotions kind of playing all at once for these people. I think so. There, there's definitely a lot going on. Certainly when there's cheating, when there's scandal, when there's kids, it's right. going to be kind of a and mess. Drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't even know how to describe this right now because it just seems like, I don't know, anytime there's kids involved, I just hate it. So Yeah, that's uncomfortable. Benjamin rushed over to Deborah's, thinking Tim might be in danger. That's a fair assessment to make. Eve had already entered the house. She was screaming at the bottom of the stairs, holding a gun. Eve told Tim, I'll kill you. I will kill you, according mm. to Deborah. Benjamin intervened just in time and managed to get Deborah back outside. Tim came out. The two talked, cooling things down a little bit. Deborah started to break up with Tim after the incident, saying, quote, I knew that Eve was unstable. I didn't want to deal with Eve anymore. I knew what life would be like. Like, I knew what it would be like, and I didn't want to be a part of it. That's just smart, in my opinion. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's the least dramatic of a situation could just be removing yourself from that situation. Yeah, for sure. But that didn't mean Tim wanted to fully go back to Eve. Quote, he still did have, uh, I know, uh, at least two girlfriends in those next couple of years, said Tim's friend. He didn't mm. try to hide his girlfriends either. In August of 2013, <laughs> a friend of Tim's said he'd witnessed Eve catch Tim in bed with a girlfriend in their oh, own God. residence. And even Tim had struggled over a handgun. This is not good. Tim's no. friends told him he should leave Eve, but he refused because she supported him financially. Remember, she's taking care of the family. She's buying his drugs, helping his drug habit. Yeah, He's right. kind of feeding off of her, but she's and him are not getting along. Now, when a friend said, right. quote, what are you doing, Tim? He responded by saying, oh, I'm just having my cake and eating it too. Then the friend replied, well, I'm not for that, but don't let her kill you. Tim's ex-girlfriend, Deborah said, I know from dealing with Eve that she snapped on him. And another friend said, I knew right away she killed him. 
Well, that's good that she's on the show called Snapped, since she well, knows that, that she snapped on him. That is true. I mean, this is sort of one of those lines, though, that we've often talked about where, um, yeah. you know, and we sort of talked about it with that, uh, what's her name? I'm blanking on it. Michelle, what was a teen girl who told her boyfriend to kill himself? Um, oh, uh, Carter? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Michelle uh, Carter, yeah. And... You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm going to kill Matt because he fucked up the Boston show versus <laughs> I'm going to kill you. You know, there's a, there's yeah, a, right. there is a grave difference. Now, obviously, you know, we can say that to Matt in jest and, and that's why I think yeah. texting is hard. But if all of their friends, you know, it's rare that I'm going to go to one of my friends and be like, yeah, you guys are fighting, but like, don't let him kill you. Like if that right. was an actual yeah. thought in my mind, I would like to think I would take the proper precaution to like at least sit down with my friend and be like, let's yeah. go to the cops. Let's do something here, you know? Yeah, totally. I agree with you. Darren will be arrested when I die. Oh, interesting. A prophecy. Yeah, they're all, everyone's going to be very upset when, you know, 98-year-old <laughs> Matt passes away from you know, from a, a, a crazy killer, you know, who's probably, what, yeah. probably like, what, 42 at that time? 10 years the from now? The local lesbian, I've heard. That's yeah. her narrative. Yeah, yeah. that's her yeah. narrative. Hmm. That is, yes, that is my. We will. Do, Megan, please delete this recording after it goes up. Thank you so much. We I'm have no evidence. No I evidence died of this. Because I was ninety-eight. That's that's right. Her narrative. It happens. Years old. Yeah. It happens. Well, back to this story. On November twentieth, investigators descended on Eve's house with a search warrant. They found that a bullet had clearly struck the wall in the shower stall. Eve was brought in for an interrogation. Now, Darren, here are some snippets from the audio where investigators confronted her about her husband's cheating. So I'm going to be the detective, and if you want to be Eve, we can sort of play this out here. Okay. Me, 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 me. Okay, I'm ready. Me, 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 me. Okay. Okay, so I'm Eve. You're the detective. Okay. Okay. I, I thought he was on a drug binge. Now, I have absolutely no idea. He's a good husband other than the cheating. Were you kind of mad at that? No. Listen, I knew the relationship. That night never happened that they're talking about. Me catching them in bed. I want to work with you, Eve. And I told you what happened. You killed him. No, I did not. We found the bullet. Well, then you need to arrest me if you found the bullet. <laughs> I need I need to I need you to tell me what happened. I'm telling you what happened. I'll tell you where we found it, and you know where we're going to find it. Because because you didn't find it, we did. Am I being charged with something here? What do you think? I'm asking you, I don't know. Scene. And scene. That was I an thought interesting I played exchange. It, yeah. I, th- I thought I played it pretty <laughs> Thanks, well. Matt. And That's like clapping. and let me just say, in this dialogue, I so yeah. see the detective trying to trip Eve up as well. Totally, yes. You definitely. know what I mean? Like, I'll tell you where we found the bullet and you know where we're going to find it because you didn't find it. We did. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. I had to read that sentence 900 times back. No, I agree, yeah. Well, at this point in the conversation, Eve informed police she'd like to talk to an attorney and police informed Eve she was under arrest. Tim and Eve's daughter, Tamika, said, quote, I was in total shock and really confused, and I just wanted answers like everyone else, end quote. Investigators did not have a murder weapon or a body or really enough evidence to bring a formal murder charge, but they had probable cause. While investigators worked to build a stronger case, Eve's attorney argued that her detention without charges was a violation of her constitutional rights. 
Still, Eve decided she wanted to talk to investigators and tell them what really happened. She told a story where Tim had started an argument with her because she didn't come home from work on time. He was hitting her and had a gun. She begged him to leave, but he wouldn't. She said, quote, He just kept hitting me and waving the gun, and then before I knew it, we were, we were arguing and fighting, and the gun went off, end quote. Eve said Tim was shot twice in the chest, and he wasn't moving. She also said she panicked, took his clothes off, put him in plastic, drove off, and basically dumped his body someplace. As one does. Yeah, As now listen. Does. I often panic and take my partner's clothes <laughs> right? off. Right? Right? I'm panicking. Let me just dispose of a body quick. Like, that's not how that works. And can I just say for the record, I would love nothing more than to put Matt in, in, in plastic and just drive him <laughs> off somewhere. Oh, for the record, you heard it here, guys. Look that's out. right. This Megan is, will delete this true. recording. This recording <laughs> will self-destruct. True. It will self-destruct. This will be used in a court of law somewhere. Well, she gave police a general description of where she left his body, but couldn't exactly remember. So what a wild turn this whole conversation took. Also, I'm not sure if I would forget where I put a no. body unless no, I was never. in a very manic state or like super drunk. Right. Exactly. I agree. But yeah. I don't know. I've never killed anybody, Darren. Sounds like you might have. Might well, have well I was going to say, cause like I can remember everybody that I've dropped off, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. You know where they all are. I know where they are. Now, based off of Eve's description, investigators found Tim's body naked and buried in the snow behind a cement barrier. His Mm. ex-girlfriend, Deborah, said, quote, it was heartbreaking to think of him out there for all that time. Swearing that it was an accident, Eve said, quote, I just wish he wouldn't have, I just wish he would have left. She also said, quote, I just kept telling him how much I loved him and that this is all a big mistake. In January of 2016, 39-year-old Eve Nance stood trial in Fond du Lac. The medical examiner testified that Tim had been shot twice, once below his left ear and once on the top left-hand side of his head. Now, let me just go back to what you said, John, when you were saying, I'm going to quote you what you said. It said, he just kept yeah. hitting me and waving the gun, and then before I knew it, we were, we were arguing and fighting, and the gun went off. It's hard for a gun to go off twice. Uh, like, yeah. you'd figure after the first time, you might want to stop uh, what you were doing. So now that we know that he's been shot twice, I find it hard to believe that it was an accident. That and getting shot on the top left-hand side of his head. I mean, I don't know. That description just doesn't sound like a possibility for some reason. Not only that, John, the medical examiner also said that the shot could not have been fired at close range. And they were... Again, they were arguing. They were fighting. Right, it's very yeah. rare. They were tussling it, really. What, right. When you're not in a pandemic and you have to properly socially distance, I doubt that they were <laughs> properly socially distancing when they were having this fight. There you go. And the prosecutor argued the motive was anger and revenge for years of infidelity. Plus, it was argued he'd been taking a shower when he'd been shot. This was an execution, argued the prosecutor. The Fort Dulac reporter wrote, Eve Nance shot her husband once in the neck and once in the head while he was in the shower. He was getting ready to meet his girlfriend for a date. Well, that's interesting, too, because remember, they did find the bullet hole in the bathroom. So, yeah, you do have to kind of think about, you know, that whole scenario, especially being found naked. Obviously, she, you know, wouldn't have put clothes on him if, it was, if you know, this was happening in the shower. So... But I also think it just goes to show, and, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before with, like, Betty Broderick, right? How she was kind of brought to this place of, 
a little bit of gaslighting. Her husband had, and this isn't the exact case because her husband had all the money, but she had kind of been driven to madness in and of itself to kind of kill him. Not that that she's innocent. I'm just saying we had to understand the context behind that. Now this, she's the breadwinner. She's making all the money and he's out blatantly not only spending her money and doing drugs, but cheating on her in front of her. Yeah. Wow, the Betty Broderick reference is really good, Darren. I didn't even think about that. But that's such Thank a you. good point. Take another drink on my birthday episode. Yes. <laughs> True. True. Wow, Matt. Wow, Matt. <laughs> well, wow, anyway, Matt. Eve's defense argued that she was a battered woman. The Fort de Lac reporter wrote that, quote, Eve Nance suffered from a diagnosis. I think it's Fond de Lac. I think it's Fond Oh, what did I say? I don't, oh, Fort? We said Sorry. Fort de Lac. I think yes. it's Fond de Lac. It's Fond du Land. This is why I should have stuck to Fond du Land. Um, yes. The Fond du Lac reporter wrote that, quote, Eve Nance suffered from a diagnosis of battered person syndrome at the hands of her husband who had flaunted multiple mm. girlfriends in front of her face over the years and Darren you know you did make the point that you know okay she wanted some of his time if she couldn't get all of it as someone's beeping outside of my house right now but you know at the same time you have to think about what that does to a person I mean you know all those years of jealousy could really be boiling up and and building up even if she doesn't want to admit that it is you know what I mean absolutely there's a lot that goes on beneath the surface that we don't see absolutely yes especially with our shows you know that we've talked about over the years well there are also some statements from the family to back that up Tamika Eve and uh, Tim's daughter said he was the aggressor her cousin Justice said quote he would start like yelling or just getting mad about just random stuff but there were some times where like it would escalate while we were there we've seen it get physical end quote The defense also reminded the court that Tim had actually shot someone in the past. He had a gun. He had spent time in prison. He was a felon. Plus, the police had been, yes, plus the police had been called to their house multiple times for domestic issues. Justice, who was Eve's sister's daughter, said Tim had, quote, different domestic abuse charges. So, okay, now we're really kind of seeing the bigger picture here. Tamika said, quote, my mother is not a monster. She's a wonderful person. I miss my father. I can't lose her, too, end quote. That is heartbreaking. And that's so crushing. And this is my point about having kids. It's like, you know, obviously there's a lot of issues going on here too, but the kids also really suffer. Not saying that she shouldn't for be sure. punished for this. God forbid she killed a person. It's just, you know, there are longer term consequences than just that singular person being put in jail is all I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, and it wasn't just her mom that she felt like she was losing. According to a Fox affiliate, Eve's sister, Tina Yule, was charged with hiding a corpse, harboring a felon, obstructing police, and failing to report a death. Tina got two years in a county jail, according to Fond du Lac reporter. On January 29, 2016, the jury announced it had reached a verdict in the murder trial of 39-year-old Eve Nance. She was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with the chance of parole in 25 years. We rarely hear about having a chance of parole with a timeline. I know. I agree. I think this is the first time we've ever read that on this show. I think it is because that yeah. even shocked me. And I was like, oh shit, she could get parole? Like that's, yeah. that never happens. Yeah. The judge said, quote, this is a tragic, impossible situation for everyone. In the throes of passion, this just finally happened. End quote. Tim's ex-girlfriend, Deborah said, quote, even I don't want to see her there because I don't believe that Tim would want that. End quote. And that's mm-hmm. kind of powerful if you think about it. Here's, here's the woman that kind of shared her time with this other woman. 
You know, I think that's powerful. And another of uh, his friends said, quote, if he didn't die from them two bullet wounds, Tim would have forgiven her, end quote. When Eve was convicted and given the chance to address the court, she turned to her daughter and said, quote, I love you. Whatever happens here today, I love you very much, end quote. It's a weird feeling. This is just tragic all around. Yeah. Because, you know, Tim's dead. Eve. Right you know, suffers a life in prison, um, deservedly so. I don't think that you could just get away with shooting your husband, but that's true. Was it was in a tumultuous relationship on both sides of the aisle here. Um, so she, she didn't really have a chance. Um, And then, and then the family and, and friends and kids around her suffer too. Yeah, it's a sad scenario, but let us know what you guys think about uh, this episode and specifically the verdict. We're really interested in hearing what you think. Follow us everywhere. We have a big announcement coming soon at Jay Thrasher, Carpe Darren, Matt the Bartender. We want to hear what you have to say. Darren, should we do shout outs now? Yes, we should. My Maybe my favorite part of the show, just because it's like a great way to stay positive after a sad show. yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Elena on Twitter said, quote, listen to Martinis and Murder new episode. I am cracking up. Tried to stay away from mainstream crime podcasts, but you two are great. Carpe Darren and Jay Thrasher. No turning back now. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for calling us mainstream. I I I really appreciate it. I don't know. I thought we were lamestream, but I guess we're mainstream. (laughs) The lamestream true crime podcasters. And as we know, it could be Elena. It might not be Elena. That's right. I know an Elena. I know an Elena. It could be either of those. But either way, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I'm glad (laughs) that you're listening. Uh, Mitty in our Facebook group says, listen to you guys for the first time this week, and you guys are my absolute favorite. Thank you for the add-on. You're welcome. Thanks, Mitty. I hope I'm saying that right. Mitty in our Facebook group. Yeah, I know. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. I've been loving all the animal stuff. I actually go, I'm rarely a Facebook like news person at all, but I, but I often go to our Facebook group to just like scroll through and see what's going on (laughs) just to like get my mind set and just to remind myself that like our community is great and we love you and we continue to love you guys. So thank you so much. And John, happy fucking birthday, dude. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Happy birthday, John. Thank you, Matt. And yeah, everyone, thank you in advance for your your thoughts, your thoughts and uh, prayers. Matt just <laughs> gave you a happy birthday, how I feel about the happy birthday song. Remember, I was like, it's so morose. And everyone's just like, happy birthday. <laughs> and I'm birthday. like, oh, that was Matt to you. He was like, happy birthday, John. Like the most unenthusiastic. <laughs> that's a, that's a true Matt birthday send off if I've ever seen one. I know how to filter Matt's uh, sentiments at this point in our lives. So it's all good. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys on Thursday for a new, another shot. Bye. Bye. Bye, Matt. Bye.